everyone. I think we're live. Not 100% sure. Yeah. <laughs> Not 100% sure, but today we're going to go over um, how to avoid costly mistakes when moving to Colorado, Colorado Springs, um, and go over some of those key points And we brought back on Dean. So if you haven't been to our channel before, we brought Dean on last month. Uh, he's an amazing lender here in Colorado Springs with Synergy One. What's going on in Colorado Springs? Are you thinking of moving or living in the Colorado Springs area? Lori Derrickson and Kayleen Zabadek provide you with a local perspective of what it looks and feels like to live, work, and play in the Pikes Peak region. To get their free six-step guide to moving to Colorado, text the word FINEST to 719-639-3393. Make sure to follow them on YouTube. Colorado Springs, what's going on? Um, so we brought him back on. But um, So Kayleen and I run Colorado's Finest Agency here in Colorado Springs. So if it's your first time to our channel, make sure you hit the subscribe button or the bell so you don't miss any of these lives that we go through. And if you are thinking of moving to the area, reach out. We can get you in contact with Dean directly. He's amazing. Um, and kind of get you set up when that looks like to do a home search. People reach out daily. We love it. 719-639-3393. So how are you guys doing today? Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I know it's snowing. I'm going to show some... Had- Go ahead, Kayleen. What? Oh, no. It was nothing oh. to do with real estate. Oh. I was going to say, I finished my coffee and it's freezing cold. So now I'm good. I know. I was going to show... Later on, I'll show you guys. If you stay tuned, I'm going to show you some great footage of Kayleen. We went to um, Garden of the Gods for brunch the other day with our team and to do some like footage. And um, it was gorgeous. It was like 70 degrees that day. And that was two days ago, wasn't it? Just didn't we just go on Tuesday? Today's Thursday? Tuesday. So, yep. And so tonight, right now I look outside and there's like six inches of snow. So again, we always talk about that crazy Colorado weather. So it's, it's amazing. That's why we love it. And that's why we live here, right? That's right. So it'll be (laughs) hopefully fingers crossed. So, um, so yeah, we'll get right to it. So I know you guys, if you have questions, um, you know, you can pop them in the chat. Um, we'll try to answer some of those, um, as we go through and, um, but right now we're going to talk through it and, you know, we're going to talk through how to avoid these costly mistakes. I think people are moving here. They're seeing um, the interest rates rise. They're seeing, you know, the housing market trends across like news headlines that we talk about. And so we just want to walk through, Kaylee and I were talking the other day, like different things that our clients have done that we wish they wouldn't have or different ways that we would advise them when you're moving here to our city and what that looks like. So um, I think we're going to kind of break it down into like four or five different points. And I know Dean, you'll kind of nail down those loan do's and don'ts for us as well. As well. So um, I think we're first going to talk about um, to make sure Kayleen, which this was Kayleen's that she know the other day, is make sure to communicate like your timeline with us. And what did you mean? What yeah. Did you yeah. Like, obviously, you guys do a great job of, you know, reaching out to us, say, hey, we're thinking of moving to Colorado Springs. What I'm talking about is sometimes, like, it's great. Don't get me wrong. Like, you guys are, like, self-learners. Like, you go out, you get that house on the market, you get it under contract. And we've had a couple times when you just show up here and you're like, okay, I'm ready to buy a house. I'm like, okay, great. When is your house on the market? It's sold. We're living here in a hotel or a Airbnb that costs 10000 a month. Please um, reach out to us a couple different timelines. So Lori and I would love, like, we'll help find 
an affordable Airbnb or some sort of temporary, like give you some, some tips and tricks. But we've had a couple of clients that it took maybe a little bit longer than expected to get something under contract. And it wound up being a very costly mistake, like costing them. I, I know one of them, they're paying like $10,000 a month just to extend it um, to be able to afford more time to really shop. But if you're depending on your comfort level, you know, we can be viewing homes virtually. If you're willing to come out here for a weekend, you know, we can do it that way. But the more you communicate with us where you're at in the process. So you reach out to us when you're thinking of moving, go ahead and let us know when you have that home listed and it's live on the MLS, wherever you're at. Also reach out again and let us know when it's under contract and what your projected close date is. And we can really help you uh, narrow in on, okay, well, you're, you know, three weeks out, closes here at least 30 days. Right now you're looking at trying to find somewhere or temporarily for, you know, at least a week. The other thing it can cost money is not out also where you're staying, but if you have pods or moving, you know, you're, you have to rent U-Hauls or, you know, the moving company, they're going to charge you if they're holding your stuff for long. So just a tip and trick, like we try to make it as seamless as possible. Um, you know, we do a pretty good job, but the key to making it as seamless of a move and transition for you and your family is that communication. So we are not annoyed. Just let us know where you're at in the selling process when you're planning on coming out. Um, you know, we'd like at least a week's notice if you're coming out, but we'll work with you. Yeah. I was, so that was definitely one. I was like, that will cost money if it yeah. goes backwards. I kind of looked a little bit this morning and I just pulled up this quick Airbnb and I was like, you know, some of our clients are like, I'm going to be out in two weeks. Um, for good and what that looks like. And so just for 20 days at an Airbnb, a simple Airbnb here in Colorado Springs. And I thought this was pretty reasonable. I think it was like at one, what are we at? Like 139 a night, which is actually like a, probably a cheaper one. You know, you're looking at almost the probably time you add in like taxes and fees. As you all know, you hit that reserve button and it goes up to like 4,000. But that's a lot of money to put into an Airbnb. If we can help walk you through that process, like Kaylee noted, going backwards, you know, and then you get into like double moves, like she said. So you're moving, putting yourself in storage, coming out, moving again. And then, you know, a lot of times, like we know that we can do a lease back. Like, so we have a couple of clients in Texas right now who are wanting, and we're like, let's get you a lease back there in Texas. You can have that free lease back for a few days. And then, I mean, for like 30 to 60 days, really. And then we can shop for a house here because it's super hard to shop contingent. So and then other people have misconceptions on how long it takes, I think, to close here a house in Colorado. Um, you know, typically average is 30 days. If you have good loan terms, Dean's amazing. And Dean can crank it out sometimes in three weeks. Um, if needed, we have a couple clients looking to do that right now. But we're running into an issue where sellers know they can ask for that free lease back. And so, you know, they might put the house in the market and then they might ask for that 30-day lease back. So you're not going to close really in, on your house to be able to move in until end of end of May. So just things to kind of work through, I would say. If I can, if I can jump in on that, just yeah. on the timing piece of it. Um, one thing that does help is if you are planning on coming out to start looking, the best thing to do also is to get fully pre-approved. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get your, basically it's a questionnaire, an application with some minimal documents in, if we have you fully pre-approved, 
we can close in as little as two weeks and we have done it, but everybody has to be kind of on that same page yeah. and move quickly. So two weeks is possible. It's obviously we're crossing a couple topics right now, but it's possibly better for making an offer if you can close in two weeks. But again, it's not guaranteed unless you are fully prepared and have everything ready to go. Uh, and that's, you know, that's that's a perfect transaction. It can happen, but uh, everybody has to work together. We hope for perfect transactions sometimes, you know, but I do think you're absolutely right. Like I, I think a lot of times clients will come out, they're not even, they haven't even spoke to a lender yet, or maybe have put like a phone call in, but don't realize how fast our market is. So if they're out here looking at homes on a Friday, you need to write by Thursday, by Saturday or Sunday, if you want that house or it's going to go into contract. And so a lot of times, you know, especially if you don't go with our amazing lender, Dean or anybody else, then you have like loan officers we can't get a hold of on a Saturday or Sunday. Um, but be having your ducks in a row and getting pre-approved before you come out here is, is I think a really good advice. Um, I, yeah. so Dean, I do, I know we have someone who's asking and I'm going to kind of let you handle it. I know we've closed a few recently and I didn't even warn Dean we were going to talk about this cause I didn't know we were going to talk about it. So that's what the lives are, but he right. wants to know about, um, so Bitcoin, I'm not quite sure what, um, he wants to know about Bitcoin, but are you closing more and more deals with Bitcoin? What does that look like? Anything you have yeah, to Yeah, Great question. This is actually <laughs> happening a lot more. Yeah. Um, so we have closed a few files here, both for conventional and jumbo using Bitcoin as the source of down payment. And that's probably what the question is surrounding is, can you use Bitcoin as the source of your down payment? The answer is yes. However, we have to source it. So not all programs accept Bitcoin. Um, you know, if you look at it, it's not regulated, obviously, like other currency. And so some lending programs don't even allow you to use it. Um, the ones that we do have, number one, we have to make sure that you were the purchaser of that cryptocurrency. And then number two, it does need to be liquidated into a cash account, checking savings before closing. Uh, the other thing is just watch for the, the statements that you get. Sometimes the statements are in an Excel format and they're not in uh, just your regular standard statement. So it's very hard to track. Is this your account? How long has it been there? Because it looks like it's just somebody put together an Excel statement. So we uh, we can do it. Uh, we just want to make sure we're prepared. And so that's another really good point is that the earlier we know that you have Bitcoin, the, uh, the faster we can put it together, tell you exactly how you can liquidate that so we can use it for a source of down payment. Okay. When you say source it, what does that mean? I, I don't know. Yeah. So if it has if it's been in that Bitcoin or stablecoin, whatever uh, account it is in, we have to see at what point did you actually purchase that. So we have to make sure that gotcha. you were the purchaser of that, that it was your money. The other thing that some people are doing is if they know they're going to buy a house, they'll actually move that, that cryptocurrency into a checking or savings account let it season for 60 to 90 days. And then the issue of sourcing, it goes away. That's what I was going to say. It's probably better to have more time on your hands when mm -hmm. dealing with crypto. Um, if somebody is planning on using crypto as, you know, a, a part of a down payment or part of their real estate transaction, I'm hearing from you, it'd probably be best if they can reach out and contact their lender at least three months before to kind uh, yeah, of coach through what you need it's, it's in your ideal world, Dean. Yeah, three to four months, it's perfect because then you you get to plan for all kinds of unknowns. 
Um, that pre-approval, by the way, we've talked about it before, it's good for four months. So you don't have to start the process over if you reach out four months ahead. If you do reach out two weeks, three weeks beforehand saying, I need to move quickly, we're ready to go, I have crypto, we can handle it too. Um, it's just going to require a lot of fast work to move that money and source it. Okay. Gotcha. Perfect. So I guess we're going to talk about costly mistakes. Um, and then I just, maybe Dean, we can just kind of continue on with that. And I think we kind of want to talk about like how sometimes people overlook loan pr products or I was just going to kind of give you, I know you shared some documents you wanted to go over today with some of our viewers to kind of get ahead of that market. Yeah. If you want, we can look at the do's and don'ts the mistakes that happen. Um, if you're just not exactly sure. So we can maybe zoom in on that do not side, which we'll start. Well, that looks good. We can, we can look at that, uh, that left side. Okay. So a lot of these seem to make sense. A lot of these uh, seem very obvious, but, but, you know, again, if you haven't purchased a home before, or, you know, you have so many things that are happening when you're selling your home or buying a home or moving a lot of these things you just don't think about. So um, I'll go over these. I'll try to go over them quickly. And then Kayleen and Lori, if you want to ask a few more questions regarding them, we can, we can have a little bit more of a conversation. Yeah, perfect. Don't, don't make a ma major purchase. Basically is um, if you are planning on buying a home, you don't want to go out and buy a car either in cash or on credit. Because again, you're losing money out of your account if you buy it in cash. We do need to see money enough for the down payment, sometimes reserves after the down payment. Uh, you also don't want to put it on credit. You don't want to have any inquiries um, that show up uh, that could affect your credit score. If you have a new account open, it could impact the ability to afford that home because now you have a new balance and a new payment against you. So the first two, again, are obvious, but a lot of times people just don't think about it because you have so many other things on your mind. Uh, transferring balances from one account to another, um, the more... Uh, money that you're transferring from a checking to a savings, or if you're moving money from uh, your parents or your children into your account back and forth, we just have to follow that because everything that we do is all about sourcing the money you have for the down payment and making sure it's either your money or it's uh, eligible to be a gift from the correct party. So um, it, basically what we say is, just stall everything that you're doing. Don't do any major moves, whether it's cash or credit uh, before closing. The other thing that's, that a lot of people don't understand is they might think it's a good thing to pay off a charge off or a collection or close credit card accounts. Uh, those can impact your credit scores. And even if you pay off the charge off, you would think it would improve your credit score, but sometimes your score can, can actually drop. So we always just say, check with us. We'll actually do a free credit simulator. It's not, there's no charge for it. Let us let you uh, know the, the best options before you actually start moving things around, especially don't pay off and close credit card accounts until we let you know uh, that as well. Uh, so again, some of those obvious things. <clears throat> um, and then uh, as far as just um, uh, the, the dues, if you want to slide that over just a hair for us. Yeah. Um, Again, very obvious, but you know when you get close to selling your home, sometimes, again, you're very busy. You might think you're going to be closing on the 15th of, we'll just call it uh, April, and you think, I don't need to make my April 1st payment. If your closing happens to be delayed, and then you don't close till May, but you didn't make your April 1st payment, that will be a 30-day late. That'll be a late payment on your mortgage. 
So again, just keep everything current, pay everything as you normally do. Um, working at your same employer, also very obvious that we've had people quit their job thinking that if we've already verified their employment, we're not gonna verify again before closing. Again, we will verify everything is in that current state that we approved you in all the way up until the day of closing. After you close, you can certainly do whatever you'd like, uh, as long as you know you want to make sure you can uh, still make the payments on your mortgage and all the other liabilities you have. Uh, we had somebody who was selling a selling their company, and they went under contract, and they were going to sell their company that they'd had for five years. They wanted to do it before closing. So again, uh, it seems obvious, but just make sure that you check with us. Uh, and in that case, of course, you don't want to sell your company that you've owned for several years right before closing. Right. I think we well, have. I think people just go on with life like they're under contract. Great. OK, let's go shopping for our new furniture. Let's you know, we're going to have some extra cash. Let's shop for a car. And they get in that moment. And so maybe a tip and trick, like put just a little dot on your debit card, like do something I'm a visual person, but something that will remind you to not like, just think about what you're doing. Cause I think sometimes it's just, you know, yeah. part of people don't mean to do it, but it becomes a mistake. And then sometimes that's a very costly mistake. Yeah. Just the other day, Kaylee, yeah. we were meeting a client for a new build and they were like, we're going to be late. We're at a new car dealership. And I was like, Oh, we're so we're close like the closing, <laughs> you know, it's like those little things that you get excited about. And, you know, you probably can, I think it was fine for this client actually, but I do think that, you know, I think like your last point was, you know, just reach out to and ask, I guess would be my piece of advice before you go purchase anything major. Yeah. Or and again, those it's, jobs. It's all, and it's, most, most people don't think they're not doing it um, just because they, they want to uh, hide something behind the scenes, but it's living your normal life. Any major purchases. I'll give you a couple of examples that have happened. Uh, the, the, you know, the mistakes that you want to avoid. Number one, we had a client, uh, this was a couple of years ago. They went out and bought a new truck two days before closing. Um, we didn't know about it. Um, they went to the closing. They told the escrow officer kind of indirectly, they were bragging about this really nice new $50,000 truck. And the escrow officer, by obligation, said, does your lender know about this? I need to shut down the closing until we can verify that this is okay. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, the closing did not continue because they could not afford that new truck payment in their debt ratio. So, you know, it's one of those things yeah. when we say you're clear to close, that means you're clear to close based upon the information we had up to that point. And you, that, that doesn't allow uh, you to go do anything else. The other thing that we've had happen, uh, this was fairly recently, is we had a, a, a new home buyer. Uh, they were putting 3% down and they were getting a gift um, uh, from a family member, which is totally fine. It's very easy for us to track that, make sure the gift funds go straight to the title company. Mm -hmm. But what happened was uh, we, instead of sending that money from the gifter to the title company, they started collecting different monies from different sources, friends, family, not friends, not family, and money was coming into their account before closing. So, you know, what happens there is you're not allowed to get funds from certain parties for a purchase for real estate. Um, and we just have to make sure we're very clear on where that comes in from. And so in the end, we were able to move money back to places that shouldn't have been and then source it from the right places. But 
Um, we have a very easy path for verifying gift funds. And we just always say, don't move any money around until we talk to you first. Again, very innocent. They didn't know. Um, yeah, putting have- a lot of cash in your account, depositing that right before closing. Again, sourcing the funds for closing. A lot of people say, why does it matter where my money comes from? I'm putting 20% down. Why do you care where it came from? And it's because that's part of the risk factor is the lenders, uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac and FHA, they want to make sure that you have your skin in the game or the skin that's coming in is from somebody who's very close to you because they know that you are going to, your ability to repay is much higher if you have put your money into the down payment or your family has. Yeah. Yeah. We have that client right now that we are on top of it. Even before we write an offer did that, we you know, have them reach out to Dean because I know they have gift funds coming in for the purchase of that home, a good chunk of it. And so we have to be upfront with how that money goes into their account or how it goes in. And they were a little bit elderly. They didn't know if they wanted to wire it. They made them nervous. And so we kind of had to talk through that. We're still kind of working through that. So I think that's also a really good point. One thing we, Lori and I had happen also. So especially with YouTube, we get a lot of people that are moving cross state lines, um, I would say probably half the time people are changing maybe companies they work for or jobs. And I just recommend they call Dean because it also has to do with what job they've done in the past. What type of job are they going to? Um, And then with that being said, this is uh, pivoting over to like the end of a transaction. They even verify your employment. We had somebody who actually got fired one day before closing and it killed the deal obviously um but they check your employment all the way up until closed as well so So after you take possession can they go out and buy a car then dean absolutely (laughs) can they go out and buy their dream as soon as those papers (laughs) are signed that's right right then go out and go shopping right we tell them you can do pretty much anything you want (laughs) just make sure that you have it you can still afford your home after you go and yeah. yeah, spend your cash or buy another vehicle. Yeah, don't go too crazy. So, yeah, that's yeah, that's great. Um, was there was there another? I know there's some another doc you shared, Dean. Do you want to go over like if we talk about how to avoid costly mistakes? Do you want to go over like a product comparison or? Well, yeah, and that was one of the things Lori and I had on was it can be a very costly mistake if you don't know what all loan options are out there and have a lender who can go through all of those options with you. Sometimes even with VA, a lot of times, um, you know, maybe it's better if they're in a conventional loan. And so I just think it's super important that people know to kind of leave that up to the expert and talk it through with Dean or whoever your lender is, what loan products are they offering and what are the benefits, the pros and cons of each of them. There's really no magic unicorn out there, guys. There's going to be pros and cons to all of them. And it's just your job to decide which product is best for you. Because we have a VA loan closing tomorrow when he went conventional, right? I think that we have one closing tomorrow and he decided to go conventional loan instead of a VA loan. Um, anyways, yep. so yeah, so if we want to go over, um, I know you kind of had this a little bit, Dean, I don't know if you want to kind of narrow down on some of these. Yeah. Yeah. I think what I'll do is I will talk a little bit more in just, um, theoretical 
points as opposed to going over the details of the programs, but this is a really good sheet to reference. So let's do this. Let's compare VA versus conventional. So if you're a first time home buyer, you are active military or you're a veteran and you want to use your VA eligibility to buy your home, uh, typically VA is uh, almost a no brainer. That's the way you should go. Um, zero down payment. There is a VA funding fee um, that always applies unless you qualify. There's a couple of scenarios where VA does not charge the VA funding fee. So, but really for all intents and purposes, if you're a first time home buyer, have never used that VA eligibility, it's, uh, it's just, hey, use it. We will always compare other options with you just to make sure you understand what your other options are. Uh, but let's just take somebody who's uh, used their eligibility twice. So they've bought two homes, they've financed them with uh, their VA eligibility. If you are, um, let's say, not a disabled veteran, the second time and multiple use fee with VA is 3.6% of the actual loan amount to VA. So I'll give you an example. If it's a uh, $500,000 home that you're buying, then it's 3.6%. If you do the math quickly, that's over $15,000 that is charged to use that VA uh, eligibility for a second or uh, consecutive time. If you have equity from a home that you're selling and you can put 20% down, then we show you the options and say you can either put 20% down with conventional and there's no mortgage insurance. Or if you want to go VA, you can certainly do that, but it's going to cost you a lot more. So um, for Kayleen's point, it's not always, um, you know, just, you know, if you have your VA eligibility, you don't always use that. So uh, that's one example. Another example is if you're a first time home buyer and you want to use your down payment uh, assistance program that we, so in uh, El Paso County, there's a couple of options for down payment assistance. Um, one is El Paso County Turnkey Program, very good program. Another is called CHAFA, that's Colorado Housing and Finance Authority. Um, you have to fit within certain credit and income requirements, uh, depending on the program. Um, but it always comes with a cost. So if you get down payment assistance, there's always a cost. It's not free. So whether it's a grant or if it's a second mortgage, uh, the rate is typically higher uh, when you go with down payment assistance. So again, we show you, yes, you qualify, but if you want to put 3% down, it might be better just to go with straight conventional. So there's lots and lots of different programs, um, whether it's Jumbo or Conforming or VA or FHA or USDA. Um, you may, uh, we've had some uh, real estate agents always try to push somebody if they're a first time home buyer to always go with down payment assistance. We always like to say you have more than one option. Sometimes it's just the, just the one and that's just based upon your credit and your down payment. Uh, but again, very, very important just to look at all programs. And we've had people say, well, I want to go FHA uh, because my friend went FHA. We'll definitely show you the program, but FHA can be more costly than conventional. So um, we'll educate you on exactly what you'll be able to afford. And the biggest thing that we do is we have to get a full questionnaire to make sure we get all the information from you before we can tell you what you uh, can actually afford and what you can qualify for. We have had some folks just say, let me know what my options are, but again, we'll need details from you before we can finish that qualification. Well, and that's what I was kind of meaning by there really is no unicorn. There's not this like supreme 
loan product or, you know, something that's hidden that nobody knows about. Usually if, you know, you have lower rates, it may be a higher cost up front, um, you know, and it's just something nobody else can tell you what fits you best if you're very, you know, um, conscious of what your payment's going to be. Do you have cash flow to be able to buy down rates? Um, you know, it's different for every single person. And so that's what you should be talking through with your loan officer and weighing out those pros and cons. Um, there was somebody that just um, was talking about, and I know it's a hot topic of conversation, uh, rates and where they're at and what Fed said of where they're going to be going. Do you want to talk at all to that directly, Dean? <laughs> yeah, so rates, uh, it's, it is probably one of the hottest topics we have anytime we have a phone call because we've seen the market, number one, it changes daily. Um, so we, everybody's probably heard of what's happening between, um, you know, the war overseas. That is That directly impacts how investors move their money between the bond market, the stock market. Um, inflation is a very big factor right now on what investors are doing. And so you'll you'll see uh, the bond market, which is a direct has a direct impact on the 30 year fixed mortgage rates, the 20 year, the, the 15 and the 10 year. So when you see the bond yields going up, that means that the 30 year fixed rate is going up. Uh, and again, there's no crystal ball. Um, I will give you an example. When I got in the business um, you know, a while back, I saw a Wall Street Journal article and the title was economists predict rates will go up or down. And I read it twice and I said, did I just see that right? And so the economists, it's like weather. You can predict it, but it's going to change. So forecasts are only as good as the last data that we have, which can be seconds. So a jobless uh, claims report will come out. And if there's more um, jobs that people acquired, meaning they have um, less uh, employment, excuse me, not unemployment claims, then the market will react accordingly. And so bad news typically is good for the bond market, which is good for the 30 year fixed rates. Um, good news, which is, hey, inflation is strong. The economy is very strong. They need to slow down the market by increasing the rates. And so that's really what we're seeing right now is the economic policy is they think there's going to be another six rate heights uh, to the, the Fed rate. And so that, that affects the prime rate, which affects short-term rates, but it also affects the long-term rates as well. So uh, I saw a note there that uh, somebody said rates could go up from 3.9 to 5.9%. I will say back in December, we did have rates still below 3% for fixed rates. Um, right now, the trend is upward. And so if you look at the bond yields, it's continuing to go up. If you can, what we always say is if you don't want to roll the dice and play the market and you are under contract and you are thinking I should just float the rate and see what happens. It's I just say, if you don't feel comfortable gambling, lock that rate in, whether you're on a um, short term contract or a long term new construction contract, do a long term lock um, and you can always do that float down. But um, really, people are asking why the rates going up. It's right now it's inflation is the number one driver. Yeah. And then I think it gets yeah. confusing because you also see that, but then you also see headlines coming across as 
Colorado Springs will again be the top housing market um, in 2022. You know, so you get all those type of headlines coming through. If you look at like, um, I tried to pull one of our latest uh, market snapshots this morning. Kayleen and I were going through it this morning a little bit. Um, you know, in the last two years, an average Colorado Springs homeowner has gained almost $150,000 in equity. So, you know, you see, you know, and our inventory is really low from in our average home prices, you know, five up to 513000 And so it is just kind of a competitive market out there. So you see the interest rates rising, but yet I think they're still protecting our housing like values to increase in the amount of um, equity our homeowners are getting still increasing again this this entire year. So it's a little bit of up and down roller coaster right now with that housing mm-hmm. market. Yeah. And if I can maybe just add well, one and thing. Some to people that. try to plan, 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 and sometimes they can plan themselves out of the market. You know, you, you, you can, it, it is kind of like Dean said, almost like a gut feeling, like what's your gut telling you? Do you want to be safe? Do you want to take a risk? Nobody can do that for you, you know, go ahead and immerse yourself in what's going on. I even watched um, some YouTube videos about, you know, how stocks and bonds work and why these things affect other. And that was just helpful, helpful for me to understand because it's so complex, um, you know, just to, you know, make sure make yourself feel like you're educated enough to say what's a good option for you or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just one thing, you know, historically we talked about this last month, as far as where the rates were, if we look at the 50 year history, um, we, we were talking to a few of our staff yesterday and, you know, you think back when the rates came down into the fours several years ago, everybody was like, wow, I can't believe we have these low rates in the fours right now. It's all perspective. So obviously we experience yeah. rates in the twos. So this feels really high. But in the long run, uh, just remember, typically what goes up does come down eventually. So if you are hesitant saying maybe I should wait, we always say, again, it's never a bad time to buy, you know, and obviously get a lot of advice from your real estate agent on that make sure that you're getting good counsel. But if you try to anticipate what the market's going to do, like two years ago, we had people saying the pandemic has started. Yeah. COVID-19 is here. Real estate's going to go down. So I'm going to wait uh, for a bus so I can get a better deal. Again, it's really hard to predict that. It's hard to predict if the rates are going to go up or down. What I do know is I, if you are renting, you are not going to build any equity. So even though the rates are going up, Um, you know, I have, you know, just clients that are wondering, what do I do again? If you can afford this payment at this rate and it fits in your budget, continue on again, you can always refinance. Um, there are also arms, which is a very unique word in our world right now, because adjustable rate mortgages have not been popular for the last five years, but those are becoming more popular, especially in the jumbo loan, uh, market. Uh, conventional, not as much, but again, there's always a way to look at how can we really get your budget uh, in in the right place where uh, you can, you know, maybe even bring your homeowner's insurance down. We we work really hard to make sure we get your your payment within your budget um, because again, the biggest thing is we know that you're going to build a lot of equity. Um, never yeah. really the bad time to buy. It might not be the right time to sell, but always check with your real estate agent. So we have so many people 
that are having that conversation right now. Yeah, I just think about when I bought my first house back in the day, it was probably the worst time to buy a house. And then you think about it now, if I would have, I mean, I still would have had so much equity if I would have kept that house, even though I bought it during the wrong time, like real estate usually is a pretty safe investment over the long run if you look at it. Because, um, you know, I bought during the wrong time, but if I would have kept and held on to that, you know, I would have had an amazing amount of equity still in that in that product. So anyways, just something to kind of think about. And then, um, so... I just want to talk about a little bit about, um, you know, we're talking about these costs and mistakes. We talked about make sure to communicate with us, make sure to, you know, know your loan products and have those discussions ahead of time before coming out here. Um, give us a call or text. Our number's right there on the screen. We can always put you directly in contact with Dean. Um, he's amazing. We'll just kind of have a, gen a general conversation with you as well. If you're not super ready to like do the full application, like that's a really good option if you're kind of playing around with different um, question, or questions on the market. If you guys have questions, make sure you drop them below. Um, we're going to go over um, our last three points here. Um, so the other one would be, you know, make sure you're getting an agent who knows our market. And I know like we're real, Kayleen and I do real estate all the time here, but I think sometimes when you're looking at our market, you look at our low inventory rates and you see, uh, what was I going to show you guys? Um, you see like our numbers. So this is a direct shot from our MLS and you see, you know, you have housing prices basically now starting in the upper threes at the, as a starting price point. There's some here at like 350, but again, those are going to be over asking. And I think some agents get so involved in um, just writing an offer without running comparables, just marking, running that offer up because they want to get that offer instead of actually taking a deep breath looking at the market and actually thinking about, you know, is this home a good buy? What does that look like if we write the offer 25000 above asking? And so like Kayleen and I, a lot of times we'll tell our clients, we don't think this is going to be a good investment. The comps aren't there. Even though this market's hot, we're going to find you a home that's going to have that equity in, in it, even with the high offer. And I think sometimes you can have an agent who's just ready to like run those numbers up and write in those inspection clauses like we're going to talk about. And I think that it just can get you upside down in the house pretty quick. Yeah, Lori and I, we always, and we, our entire team, you know, we always do our due diligence no matter what the offer is we're putting in. We will, you know, run comparable homes. The offer price is just where it was listed and it could be from the perspective of what the seller needs to clear to make their move somewhere else. It can be, you know, the suggestion from their listing agent. And so, you know, you kind of take that with a grain of salt. What Lori and I try to do is justify their asking price and then try to, you know, advise you to not only get you in a home for you and your family to live in and have an investment, but we want you to be able to, you know, have a smart investment that you'll be able to gain equity. And, you know, we want that repeat business and long-term relationships. And it's our job to help you weigh out if it's a good investment or not. And so you definitely want an honest agent on your side, somebody who's going to give you the facts, not that we always know best, but give you all the facts and the trends that we see and what's typical and be able to advise you that way. 
What are you seeing on the appraisal end, Dean, since you see those always come across on your end? Are you seeing a lot of appraisals, um, homes appraising at value or having to use that gap? Um, what do you kind of feel on your end as yeah. far as lending? I mean, Kayleen and I see it every day, but I'm just kind of curious on your lending side. What are you seeing what that looks like for you? Yeah, great question. Um, in our <clears throat> our pool that we look at uh, is is regionally, we're on the front range and also in Western Colorado. So our regional office, we look at everything in Colorado. We are a national firm, so we have closings that happen in about 44 states. But specifically in Colorado on the front range, we're seeing that uh, we've had an example of one that came in 70,000 over list price. So the offer came in 70,000 over and it did appraise out on a single family home. So we, we do wow. see appraisals coming in at the offer price, even though, again, it's much higher than the list price. And that's because the appraisers uh, are doing a great job of trying to stay relevant, current, using um, not just recent sales, but also listings that haven't closed yet. So they're doing as much as they can to make sure that they're giving you as much value, right? And it's a very tough job. We get to select who's in the pool of our appraisal, uh, appraisal uh, management companies. So that's very important. We There's appraisal management companies that may have more junior appraisers. We want to be very careful to use senior appraisers. Um, we're seeing more gaps sometimes um, on condos. Um, than we are on single families. Again, it does exist, um, but don't, I guess the biggest thing we would say is, you know, allow us to number one, see what we can figure out on our side when we run the initial underwriting uh, valuation. We can sometimes still get an appraisal waiver, which just means we as a company through Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac will impute a certain value without having to send the appraiser out and it comes in at value. So that's great. If we don't uh, see that, um, we would still say, hey, you know, go for it, write the offer, and um, you'll be surprised what that appraiser will do to work hard to bring that that value in as high as possible. Again, the values are changing daily. Yeah, so I would think that that, you know, what you said just there, Dean, is going to save our clients a ton of money. If you have, you know, I've seen appraisals come back, Kaylee and I have looked, and we've had a, one listing, it was an FHA um, listing and they'd had to, they, for, they had to do, it's a long story, but they had to do a, appraisals basically within two weeks of each other and they didn't see the appraiser value and it came back a swing of, what was it, Kayleen, like 75000 or something crazy like that. And so we got the higher yeah, value we wanted. it was a lot. If you're, you know, having the appraisals in your pool and you know what that looks like and can get those appraisal waivers, like that in and of itself, you know, is a really good tool to help save, you know, appraisals are a big deal in this market. So I think that, that well, and that's what I was going to say. Like I, you know, some people say, you know, appraisal gap, I'm never going to pay more than what this house is worth. Well, you know, you're going to probably have to write in some sort of appraisal gap to be competitive in this market. What Lori and I try to help weigh you out in our entire team is that if we think you're going to have to use that, you know, you're, and I always think of, you know, when we're talking to clients, when we're talking through offers and what they look like, like different pots of money. So you have your pot of money that you need to qualify for that loan. And then you also have a pot of money for all of your, um, you know, extra costs as far as inspections go and, you know, anything else that comes along with your move out here. And then the third pot is that appraisal gap. So you can't 
say you have an appraisal gap if it really changes your loan terms. You can't say you have an appraisal gap if you know that you need that to be able to live here temporarily. So kind of break up the money that you have and think of it as really three different budget items that you need to account for. And then we can kind of reverse out of, well, how much of an appraisal gap are we able to write in this case? And we can conversate with you, but just because you're coming over here with $150,000 doesn't necessarily mean that we can have a $150,000 appraisal gap, which I don't think we wrote one that high ever, but um, you know, the, the money gets uh, divided into three different pots in my mind. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Thing, can, oh, go ahead, Dean. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say a good example. We just had a offer uh, go in. The client was putting 30% down. Um, and then we did a scenario and said, depending on the how the appraisal comes back, you can use 10% of that for the gap and still put 20% down on where the appraised value came in. So there's things we can do and say we'll anticipate a couple of different scenarios so that you're prepared when that appraisal comes back with a plan. Yeah, I think that having that conversation ahead of time, I think it's... I've, I have seen agents not have that discussion. They write it in and then the client doesn't even know what they're, what they're getting themselves into with that gap. And that is just never a good situation. Um, I was going to say, you know, another thing that Kayleen and I talk about during in this crazy, crazy thing we call our housing market is the inspection. And we always walk our buyers through what that looks like. And a lot of times they're writing in, um, you know, inspection um, clauses that say you'll sometimes they'll list the home as is. Um, so what that means is that, you know, you're just going to have to take that house as it is and the condition it's in. And so I think I see a lot of agents sometimes writing in these clauses where they're just going to take the house as is. And we always advise our clients, um, you know, and especially if it's an older home to you can take the house as is, but give yourself a time for inspection. Give yourself a time to look at the home, because if there's anything major you know, you want to back out with inspection or have your loan contingency dates after it. So that way you have a way to back out because I just think taking a home completely as is um, can be a little scary sometimes in this market and something that I think that we really never completely advise our clients to do so, even if it's written in the MLS like that. Um, I've just seen clients go upside down pretty quickly and some agents will actually let their clients take home as is. And if you want to, by all means do, but Kayleen and I never advise that. Well, and we have a couple different inspection clauses when we're writing contracts that Laura and I like to use. But to be honest, they're all dependent upon the home we're writing on and the condition yeah. and the area how much cash flow. Like, is our clients purchasing a home that they know they're going to replace flooring and kitchen anyway? Because that's a total different conversation. Um, you know, d- depending on the home and depending on the client. Um, We have inspection clauses where, you know, maybe we aren't going to pick apart the house. We're going to only ask for items that are, you know, of $1,500 and more to fix. But taking a house as is, is a huge liability. And we'd never want our clients to be in a bad situation. You know, we're in a very competitive real estate market, but you're still making one of the most expensive investments of your entire life. And so we'd want you to at least be able to have an inspection. I do think at the beginning of like kind of when the market was, 
becoming kind of what it has been for about the last year and a half, two years. I think people didn't know, especially agent didn't know how to advise their clients, how to write those contracts. And I think, you know, at first as a listing agent, you're like, well, this person's taking it as is, and this one still wants to do an inspection. Well, you know, I think that everybody's kind of, I mean, business is business, but I think people understand that of course, somebody buying a home wants to do a thorough inspection. You know, you should have nothing to hide. Everything's going to be written in a seller's property disclosure anyway. And so taking the house as is just is a huge liability as far as how Lori and I feel about inspections. So um, we a little TED talk on we want to save you money and not have a costly uh, unexpected expense. We'll put it that way. Yeah. So we have one other, we have our last TikTok. Oh, I don't know what I, did I say something about TikTok? Oh, our TED talk. Those are our TED talk on inspections. <laughs> oh, so we'll get to yeah. our last, our last point here and like wrap it up um, again. But I just wanted to show, I wanted to show Kayleen. So this is, this is Kayleen oh, Riley's Angels, part of our team. And again, like six inches of snow outside. It's still snowing. It looks like a winter wonderland. It is pretty, but I'm kind of over it. I'm ready for summer here in Colorado. Um, but this was just a day ago. See? It makes me laugh. We, we I was like, you guys are like the Charlie's Angels. Everybody, everybody was matching. I said, we might as well take a picture. Yeah, I was like, you guys are the Charlie's Angels. And then when you're in Colorado Springs, as you know, we're by the Air Force Academy. So we get fighter jets a lot going through. And so Kayleen got really oh, yeah. excited. This is my other one. <laughs> I had to put those in before I forgot, just just to throw those in for well, you. Well, thank you for you gotta highlighting keep, You got to keep real estate fun and, and, you know, yeah. Right. So I, I run these little meetings and so I get to put the graphic overlays and so I have a yes, little leg up on Kate Lane. I figure out how to do that part so <laughs> yeah, I I'm can sure. do this to you. Yeah, no, Actually, I have, have I control this part of it. The one thing I control will be on TikTok. <laughs> the one thing I control in my life is putting graphic overlays on our Ecamm. Um, no, but the last part I would say, you know, we talked about the costly mistakes and I do think in this market, you can still get into our housing market and have a really good investment for your family. You know, as long as you, you know, kind of take our advice on those first four, as far as work with an agent, who's not just going to write offers because it's what our market is and not give you comps and advise you, uh, work through those home inspections, never take a home as is, um, you know, look at loan products and then, you know, make sure to communicate your timeline with us ahead of time um, is also very valuable. Um, and the last point that, you know, we want to talk about is, um, you know, we do a lot of new builds um, or a lot of, so you work with an agent. Why should you work like with an agent for a new build? I think some people get always like, well, I don't need an agent for a new build. Um, but let me just tell you, we have one client right now and Dean's helping out as well. And they have looked, I think, I mean, honestly, I think every new build they have been to, they have spent months and months. They have an amazing Excel sheet that we have access to. But every new build has, um, you have to remember that that person in that rep, that office is representing that builder and the builder will have their best interests at mind, right? They don't have your, they want, they want to sell that home. Like that's what they want to do. And in this market, you have so much liability. We've had homes. Remember that one we sold up in Flying Horse? We, we, we weren't the buyers originally, but we sold it after it had its repairs fixed. But the seller who was selling it had to get out of it 
and had to put in like thirty, forty thousand dollars because of the grading. They didn't have it graded properly. Um, you know, making sure that electrical is there, making sure you know you have your incentives. Um, and so I just think some of that is a is one piece I wanted to cover, and you guys can respond. The other piece is, is using a local lender. I know we talk about it every time. And, you know, we, Kaylee and I work with any lender. Obviously, we love Dean because he's amazing. And can every, I was going to tell you, Dean, last other week, our client said um, they they were ones who went under contract in, uh, was that, I can't remember who the builder was, Vantage in Flying Horse. And they're like, Dean is amazing. You guys work with amazing people. Dean is, how do you guys have such a great team? And so I never told you that, but that was such a, a kudos to you. They were really impressed. So, um, but using a local lender in our crazy market is also a great way to, to help you make some costly mistakes and losing out in the home that you could, could be your dream home. So those are my, those are my, that was my Ted talk for a little bit. I like your Ted talk. Thank you. No, I, I, and I do, I feel like that's where Lori and I and our entire um, agency really help Excel is that we truly do have all of our clients best interest at heart. We go up to bat for you. Um, Lori's a little bit of a bulldog when needed. (laughs) there's my back to you, but um, we really do what's best. We try to listen to what your needs are, what your pain points are, and be able to, you know, sometimes I feel like people um, are settling for something that may not be what they told us initially that they wanted. And we aren't afraid to like have those tough conversations and kind of help take the emotion out of the real estate transaction and bring it back to hey, you came to, the, when we initially talked, this was all about investment. I know you love this house, but does it work financially? You know, have those conversations. Lori and I truly do care. And we, um, our ultimate goal is to have a real estate business here in the Colorado Springs area that is repeat. We want you to have the best real estate experience that you've ever had before and be able to tell your friends and family and refer us those people that you care about so that you know they're in good hands. And so there's another TED talk, I guess, Lori, but I do feel <laughs> I like, like we are today. good people. We are good agents. So just yeah. give us a call. Yeah, no, I was going to say, I know um, Anna just asked, I uh, kind of appeared on the screen is like that she passed an inspection. Give us an example of one um, you know, so th- not only do you take the home as is, but sometimes Kaylee and I will say, you know, it doesn't, the, in the MLS, it doesn't state, state to take the home as is. It'll state to take, you know, nothing about inspections. But we'll write in a clause that says, you know, we will only, we have a right to inspection. We're only going to ask for health and safety items above $1,500. In that case, you can go in and look at the home. You can look at the roof. You can look at the furnace. You can look at structural um, all those things come into play. So instance, clo- a home we're closing tomorrow, we wrote in that clause that that home. And you don't know this stuff a lot of times when you're writing the offer. You can look at Pikes Peak MLS, but you're not going to get into the nitty gritty when you're writing that offer until you have that inspection period. So the home we're closing right now tomorrow, he has a, it was a 30-year-old roof. It was leaking. It had so we with that inspection clause, we just you know saved him fifteen thousand dollars a new roof. I don't know if it's being installed still today. We have to look. That's on our list to look at too today. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to get put on today. Um, but he's getting a new roof. That's fifteen thousand. We had a structural engineer go out to look at the home. It was an older home in Rock Rim, and it had these steel beams braced upon the ceiling. And we were like, "What are those there for?" It didn't even like you know come up until inspection. And in Rock Rimmon, if you get a home that is not structurally sound, you can be upside down on that entire home. 
Um, so we had an engineer go out there, take a look at it. And, you know, he's like, I think it's fine. They might not have put some rebar in some of the, the walls when the home was initially built. Um, but it gives our buyer a peace of mind. And also having that letter when he goes to sell that home in a few years, because it's going to come up, everyone's going to ask, why is there rebar or why is there metal beams in my basement? Um, it's not, that's not typical. And so I think that, you know, having an inspection, even if you're going to put in, um, that clause where you can still ask for something. Again, some people do take the house as is and it works out. Um, it just is a big liability as a buyer, I think. Yeah. And if I can add, just we work with other agents, obviously, in Colorado and around the United States. And if you have an agent who's uh, has an inspection come back, we've seen this more than once where the inspection comes back. There is a structural issue. We've seen agents say, well, go ahead and push through. It's going to be OK. You know, it's been fine for 40 years. And I think that's where the integrity that you guys are talking about is the inspection can expose things that the seller may not even know about or the listing agent. And so that inspection can really save you costly funds. There's been sewer backups that you don't see. And so if you have that, uh, yeah, that inspection, like that. Where they just it's a, it's very cheap to find out. But we had one where it was a $40,000 repair after they bought the house because the sewers backed up and it was in their yard. Yep. So um, it's those horror stories that make you go, you know, 90% of the inspections might be just fine. But if you have an agent that encourages you, use a good inspector. And then um, you don't want that agent, you know, again, there's, I always say there's for every mile of road, there's two miles of ditch. So yes, most inspections are going to be fine and you can get past them. But um, there's every once in a while, you're going to have that inspection that exposes something very serious. And you want that agent not saying, I want you to close this. I really think you should do it. I want my commission. I've had a couple of buyers experience that. So you have a lot of sayings, Dean. I kind of like it. I like your random sayings. <laughs> well, and I do one more thing on that inspection. Like I know in that situation that we were, um, that, that particular one, we know that he's only going to be here for several years. And so we knew if we didn't tackle this problem now, ultimately it was going to cost our client more money when they go to sell the property. Because now we're aware, we knew that, the inspector didn't know why these beams were there. Well, now doing our due diligence and having the seller now pay for that report, it he's ready to go. We, we've already came an obstacle for years down the road when they get ready to sell. And so hold on to that report. You know, it's we're, we're always just trying to do what's best for the client and ultimately saving you money, even if it's not today, further down the road. Yep, absolutely. So I that's I'm done with my TED talks for the day. Do you guys have any any other words of wisdom you want to add in? It is I forgot I was going to buy us some Lucky Charms or some St. Patty's Day because it's St. Patty's Day. That's I did great. wear green just so you guys know. Do you, Dang have, it, do you have any green on here? Do you I did not wear green. my sprout flyer right here. I don't know if that can. I have a I have a green. Oh. Thank you, card. You guys cheat. <laughs> oh, I got I got something better. What is we that? have our little pop bites. Oh, yeah, our little Colorado's pop bites. finest. You got to deliver those. I know we I have, have cute little. I have to deliver beer and chocolate today. So, better get your four wheel for later. Four wheel drive car out. So, <laughs> yep. anyways, well, thanks for joining us, Dean. We appreciate your time. I know that you're, yeah, you're a busy you man, so, but we appreciate yeah. it. 
Great to see you guys. Thanks right. for having me. All right. We'll see you next month. And if you guys have questions, you know, coming in that you want to address to Dean, let us know. We can get you in direct contact with Dean here in Colorado. Um, again, he is amazing and he has our clients say nothing but the best. And that's why we use Dean because he is the best. So if you're thinking of moving to Colorado Springs, reach out, give Kayleen and I our call. We're here. We do real estate here daily. Um, we know our areas, we know our market. So give us a call or text 719-639-3393. Bye everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye.